everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. Hope you had an amazing March and learned a lot. Super excited to be here now in the time of April, the birth month of our very own Larry. I'm Bonnie and I get to talk to heroes about the paranormal and what excites them. Today's guest is Yvonne Smith. Yvonne is a certified hypnotherapist, UFO abduction researcher, author, lecturer, founder of Ciro Support Group, and my friend. Yvonne has worked for over 30 years as a hypnotherapist and is one of the leading researchers of alien abduction in the world. She is the author of Coronado, The President, The Secret Service, and Alien Abductions, and Chosen, From the Alien Hybrid Program to the Fate of the Planet. She has traveled the world as a speaker at all the best and most important conferences. If you have had an experience and want to talk to others who are also experiencers, please go to Yvonne's website, hypnotherapistyvonnesmith.com. She believes you and knows the truth is here. And now, please welcome to your head and heart hero, Yvonne Smith. Nice to be here with you. So nice to be here with you, too. Um, I miss you so much, and I'm so happy to get to talk to you. Yeah, we'll have to get together now that the restaurants have opened up outside. Oh, they so, have? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I had my first lunch meeting. Um, I'm doing a, a documentary. My first lunch meeting last Friday actually at a restaurant wow. outside of the patio. It was so nice to get out. Yeah. So I look forward to it. Yeah. Well, me too. This doing this podcast has made such a huge difference. Like I even stopped dreaming. And then now just even connecting with people for like around an hour a day has gotten my dreams back up and running. And I just feel so much, so much better connecting with people. Um, yes. But yeah, that's so cool. Um, I, I wanted to ask you one question before we start. You are the queen of holiday decorations, I think, hands down, just the professional decorator. What is your favorite holiday? Uh, what, what's your favorite holiday to decorate for? Well, I mean, my favorite holiday is Christmas. It always has okay. been since I was a little girl. Um, but it's really funny because when I you know, became a mom and, you know, my youngest Brant, my son, his favorite holiday was Halloween. So <laughs> I started, since he was little, I started collecting Halloween decorations. And um, now I've got this whole, I have to send them out. I think I've got about those plastic bins that you store in. I think I have about 15 of those for just for Halloween. And we had a mechanical, um, grave digger outside yeah, yeah. Uh, last year and you know we've been putting oh for years I've been doing a graveyard and I I, I just you know we do it for like our enjoyment but it's so funny uh, we gained a reputation around the neighborhood because people come by and take pictures yeah. and they'll come by and take their kids pictures in front of the in front of the um graveyard and they it's just I'm like oh my gosh so so um every every year I add something to it so Halloween's been our biggest one you know decorating but um I decorate for like from Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas so and it's you know especially this year it was so depressing with COVID and 
they, um, we couldn't go anywhere and really do what we want to do. I had to cancel my support group annual Christmas party yeah. that we've been having for the last, you know, 19 years. And um, I just, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to tell my family, I'm just going to do it up. I'm just going to decorate, you know, and, and add some more things. So this Christmas I bought a sleigh. Oh, wow. And a huge snowman. Um, and it just, I've been wanting those for a long time, but I couldn't afford to get them before. Yeah. And I just said, Heck with it. This time I'm doing it. Yeah. And, you know, everybody enjoyed it because, you know, it's just been such a 2020 was such a cult year. Yeah. Well, that going to yeah. your house before Halloween, I think, was one of the last <laughs> places I visited of friends. So thanks for doing that. I hope I get a. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you were there. We had fun passing out donuts. And yeah, and, I <laughs> we're planning on doing it again of course you know the end of september we start decorating so we can really enjoy it for the whole month yeah. and hopefully this year towards the fall we'll have a little bit more normal normalcy in our lives where maybe we can go out you know maybe we yeah. can you know, all gather at a restaurant or whatever you know yeah. i don't know if i'm going to be able to have my christmas party uh, that's a big one because that's going to be at the Queen Mary inside yeah. a restaurant. So we'll see. I, I would hate to have to cancel it twice. Yeah. Well, you know? I hope I get a be on Halloween setup committee next year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You're invited. I'll just I'll send you the date. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, actually, um, speaking of the uh, Queen Mary um, Christmas meal, as I noticed not last year, not this year, but the year before I got to go to it. And that was so much fun. And just everyone gives each other gifts and meeting everyone and yeah. just how big of a community you've created. But one thing I noticed is that, um, and what's the preferred term? Are they just experiencers or? Objective? I use the term interchangeably experiencers slash abductees okay because some people feel like they have been abducted they feel that you know they were taken against their will and they're not happy about it and they're trying to make sense of it and other people feel that you know well you know i probably agreed to this and their experiences oh, wow. you know, seem more pleasant so they they don't want to look at themselves as a victim Right. So I use when I'm lecturing or talking to somebody, I use those terms interchangeably. Okay. So the people that feel that they agreed to it, do they feel like they like psychically agreed to it or? Yeah. I mean, when you think about past lives, you know, those people who believe in past lives and uh, they, and then they've gone to psychics who have okay. told them, you, you know, you agreed to this. You shouldn't be upset or whatever. And you agreed to this in a past life. Oh, wow. And, um, and that's fine. Um, and I, I do believe in past lives. And I do believe in life after death. I believe there's more, you know, to life than this, what we're living right now. But it's hard to, you know, for people that are really having a difficult time, uh, just trying to incorporate all of this into their everyday lives. Yeah. It's difficult for some people to think, you know, how could I have agreed to this? Why would I agree to this? It's scaring the hell out yeah. of me, you know? So it's really, um, everybody's on such a different level with this. It's, right. it, you know, there's not one way to, 
to deal with it. Um, like we all grieve differently. When, when you have a death in the family, there's no rule book that say, okay, right. you've got to do like this, you yeah. know? So um, everybody's on different levels with it. Something I noticed uh, at that dinner was that most of the uh, experiencers, abductees um, were vegetarian. Um, is that something you've noticed? And do you know why? Many of them are. Oh, many of them choose to be vegetarian and some even vegan. Yeah. Uh, and some of them uh, say they had been told by the, they had, say, received a message from the alien beings that, um, you know, they should not eat meat anymore and turn, you know, eat more vegetables and so forth. So they feel they received a message. Other people just have decided that, uh, because of their love for animals, that they're not going to eat, you know, any kind of meat. Um, I wouldn't even say 50%, but many of the um, experiencers are uh, vegetarians, but then others aren't. Um, yeah. you know, my, my friend, dear friend, Travis Walton, who, you know, famous case, yeah. was gone for five days. He we meet, you know, we've met in Roswell every year for their conference. We went out to dinner one time and he said, well, I'm a carnivore, and he just ordered a cheeseburger, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, I just, to, you know, you have to be a vegetarian, I'm not a vegetarian, you know, yeah, uh, but I, I just felt like when I was sitting down, I was sitting with Brent, and I felt like, you know, in my memory, I was the only one that ordered a steak, and I was like, oh, my God, and then I, <laughs> after that, I was like, I'm not eating meat, I don't know why they don't, but if they don't, I'm not either. <laughs> oh, no, probably just happened to sit at a table that, you know, most of them were vegetarian, but not, not everybody in zero is, so I wouldn't worry about it. Okay, cool, and then I guess I just want to start, if it's okay, from the beginning, mm -hmm. um, I know uh, you had experiences as a child and that your family with your family as well is that true um i myself personally do not remember anything as a child as far as what what i know what the experience involves now since i've been working you know been in this now for 30 years so cool um celebrated my anniversary in january yeah, oh yeah happy <laughs> anniversary congratulations that's so cool i believe uh brett, brett and my boy both my boys were so little when i started yeah. but um uh i just feel with in my case that i think i awakened to this in my 30s my early 30s um i just you know, after reading Whitley Strieber's book, Communion, you know, that opened up a lot of <laughs> doors for people like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I couldn't put it down. And I don't read like that. I used to just read and put it down. It would take me weeks to read a book. Yeah. I think I read it in two days. And then after that, you know, I, I really uh, wanted to know more about this. And then I, my mom and I went to a Bud Hopkins lecture in the late 80s. Oh, right. Okay. And in, uh, that's when they were having whole life expos. And this one was in Pasadena, which was close to where we lived. Uh, she knew who he was. I didn't know who he was. And I was fascinated and, you know, taken aback by what he was presenting. So that's how it was like, you know, I stumbled into this or right. I was, I was um, directed. I feel more I was directed to do this. That's cool. And, word. um 
you know, I never said that years ago when I started because it sounds so woo-woo, you know. I just thought, <laughs> I'm going to uh, you have to present myself as somebody who's stable and, you know, <laughs> as, as a therapist. But it really feels to me now, after doing this for 30 years, I look back and I say, I, I just really feel like I was directed. Because when you're doing work, and you probably know this being a musician, you know, in, uh, in a very famous group <laughs> where... <laughs> Where you only to you <laughs> doors will open for you, you know, because I when I started uh, with my practice and I then I was asked to do a newspaper interview. I mean, things just started opening and snowballing. I didn't even nothing like that ever entered my mind that I would be doing. Yeah. So um, I just feel that when you're doing the work you're supposed to be doing, it's it's it just everything falls into place. Yeah. And did you so can you talk a little bit about how you got into hypnotherapy and how you found, um, I guess that that's a perfect uh, way, a perfect tool for helping people heal. And, you know, fi- like how yeah. did that happen? <laughs> well, it's really funny. Um, I had, I thought hypno or yeah, hypnotherapy regression where you take back, take a person back to a certain time and place was always very interesting. Um, but I was always, I was working, I was doing other things, you know, I, I was married, I had two young children. I mean, I never really thought, oh, I'm going to go to school for that. But uh, this was in my mid-30s when I read Whitley's book and then I watched Bud's lecture. That was the very first abduction lecture I ever watched. I didn't know who he was and I realized, oh my God, he's the pioneer of, you know, abduction research. Um, and, and, and how regression was used to help people who had buried memories of uh, trauma. And, you know, it's, I realized later that they all show post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD just as someone who suffered any trauma, whether it was um, sexual abuse, a rape, be horrible things, uh, terrible car accidents, people coming back from being deployed, you know, they all have those same symptoms. And okay, so I went, I graduated from hypnotherapy college, but I really, with each class, I was just soaking it all in. And that's not like me in school, (laughs) to Catholic school. And it's, it was like, oh, I hate school. But, um, oh, I grades <laughs> in all my classes and graduated. And, um, and then I started practicing and I, I did work with many cancer patients in the clinic. Wow. And so when I opened up my own practice in La Cunada, um, in my first office, I, you know, I had advertised as, you know, all the regular stuff, you know, um, well, first cancer patients and, you know, people who are experiencing stress or people have memory problems and are smoking, all of that, you know, yeah. when I first started. But then I, I began meeting people. I started going to conferences, UFO conferences, and meeting uh, people like um, uh, Ann Druffel, who wrote the con- uh, con- uh, lot excuse me, Tahunga Canyon Contacts. Oh, yeah. And Tahunga Canyon is right over here in the foothills. And um, 
I read her books. I was I thought, oh my God, this is in our area. I met her. I was very, very happy. She lived in Pasadena. I believe she's passed over now. She's crossed over. A wonderful, wonderful lady and researcher. And I met other people in the field. I think my first big UFO conference was in Las Vegas, the MUFON conference, international conference in Las Vegas. And um, I was, I went to all the lectures and, oh my gosh, all the information that I was getting. But a lot of it is like, you know, have to separate the wheat from the shaft, especially now that we have the internet. We didn't have the internet back then. But um, when I, uh, when I met people and then they, they knew they, they found out that I was certified in hypnotherapy, I, I'd be getting referrals. And because Bud Hopkins at the time was in New York, David Jacobs, my other colleague in Pennsylvania, you know, everybody was really spread out. And there really was one in the Southern California or, you know, um, the Western part of the United States. So I thought, well, gosh, you know, I was a little nervous, but I said, it'll be interesting to see these, you know, to work yeah. with these cases. I thought it would be a very small portion of my practice. And then all of a sudden it was just, they refer people and they, they refer, you know, just, I, I, I didn't really, I advertised in UFO magazine at the time. Like I said, we I didn't have magazine. Yeah, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have Facebook, none of that. So it was like a print um, advertisement that you spend money on. And yeah. it was very, very expensive to do that, but that's all we have. Yeah. And, and word of mouth. So things just started, um, uh, snowballing from there and and I remember um I don't remember how long after I started maybe a year or so I was asked to do a newspaper um the local newspaper interview and I thought wow okay you know and then just from there it just kept getting bigger you know and then I was going to car I mean I was speaking at conferences so I was uh traveling once a month to be a speaker. And I, at the time I was, I was in disbelief because I was lecturing with Bud Hopkins, David Jacobs, jo- Dr. John Mack, who was another pioneer um, yeah. in the field. Uh, I, I was so lucky to, to have been with all these hard hitters in the field because <laughs> yeah. I could ask some questions and say, yeah. you know, I, I have this in my, you know, cause I was the rookie. Yeah, at the time. Now you're a hard hitter. That's so cool. <laughs> I guess I'm a hard hitter. Yeah, after 30 years, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm still trying to process the 30 years because I didn't realize that you know, who, when you open your own practice or business, you don't know how it's going to go. And um, But it's just, I just kept, you know, working. And I had to work full time for a while uh, after my divorce. And so I had to, you know, it was like work my full-time job to pay the bills and then have my hypnotherapy practice in the oh, evening. Okay. So, um, you know, sometimes it was a road, but now this is what I'm doing. Um, you know, full-time I've been doing this now for a few years, full-time. And, um, it's just been, you know, it's, it's been very interesting. It's made my life very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's, it's such an essential thing. Cause I think, for anybody suffering from any type of PTSD or or whatever causes PTSD, I think being believed is is a huge part of being able to heal. Um, and 
And I just think it's amazing that you're providing that for people um, that what they're having PTSD from is probably the scariest or most extreme thing you could possibly have happen to you. Um, Not to diminish other types of uh, stuff, but what it does to the reality that we have to keep us safe in our mind. I just can't, you know, it's just amazing that you've found a way to um, believe in and heal and that everyone's so different, um, but that you also created a community. I think that's amazing. Um, That's where um, about a year after I started my practice in in working with abductees and I realized back then, you know, it was always phone calls, you know, email was barely coming in. There was no Facebook and instant messaging and all that. Um, So I realized, geez, these people go home and they can't talk to even a spouse at times, you know, or a coworker. So I started uh, my support group, Close Encounter Resource Organization, or CERO, C-E-R-O, that's been around now for 29 years. Amazing. And, you know, we we were meeting uh, every week. Uh, it was it started in my home meeting in my home every week and now before COVID now uh, we had two uh, locations here in Southern California because we have people coming from all different areas so we would switch back and forth from you know Orange County Sandy to more uh, northern you know where we have people coming from say Santa Barbara and you know, right. North San Francisco area so um because this, this happens all over. And so now with, um, since last year, we've been having our Zoom support group meetings, which is fine. It's better than nothing. Yeah. But it's, it, it doesn't take the place of being there in the room and feeling the energy and, yeah. and people, you know, wanting to share their stories, whether it's way was way in the past or something very recent that happened to them. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, we do it. We do it by Zoom. I'm, is, do you find there to be a lot of ectro- electronic, like, mishaps during your sessions, probably? But this has happened. Maybe that's, that's <laughs> the problem today. Maybe, I'm, you know, somebody is messing with my computer. But we have had, oh, my gosh, I can't count how many times the, you know, we had shows, oh, especially throughout the 90s, like, um, Inside Edition, Encounters, um, uh, it must have been at least, what, four or five shows that uh, would present UFO cases, uh, you know, and so some of the serial members and myself, we would be interviewed and be on a show very, you know, frequently. They come to my home, set up their studio in my living room, (laughs) and one time, um, one of the, they, they were interviewing one of the brothers my double abduction brothers um jesse long he we mic'd him up cameras starting to you know they turned it on and oh just a couple of minutes into his interview the the professional camera the battery just it just drained right there <laughs> oh my and God. they couldn't believe it that's that yeah. it never happened yeah we've had that a few times you know or the light if they do the lighting, some of that would go off or, you know, yeah. wouldn't go right. So we've had, um, you know, just 
really strange things happen during the recording a couple times when I was recording from cassettes during my sessions, um, Sometimes it would, you know, the tape would go really fast while I'm recording. So scary. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking into the person's in hypnosis. Um, or I would, I would listen back and it'd be this, like the screeching sound on it. it, it just <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> just so many, you know, just very odd things. We've all had um, really strange things that happen on our phones um, oh, yeah. On our computers, especially, yeah. some of my, the abductees um, can't even work on electronics. I mean, I have one zero member that had to replace his computer at least three, four times. No. That's pretty expensive. Yeah, I mean, totally. they have to replace because it just malfunctioned. Um, many of them wear watches and they realize they can't wear the watch because it'll stop or won't give the right time or it just, it, it doesn't work right and malfunctions. Yeah. So there's a lot of really interesting backstories on, yeah. <laughs> on yeah. a lot of the cases. Well, yeah. When we, when we tour, like uh, when we get together, we have so much stuff like that. So much bizarre electronic things happen or like, particularly me, I cause things for some reason when I'm with the rest of them, <laughs> I cause things to break. And I, and I know that in, they're not broken. I know they'll be fixed the next day, but just like very temperamental, like all of our devices. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just no reason for it. it doesn't happen to anyone else, but you know, um, but one question That's I had, yeah, it's, it's always been that way. It's so weird. Um, but so about, about a year before last year, it's so weird that a year has happened, but you had been talking about, um, about the community sort of talking about like a surge of urgency. Um, mm -hmm. just, uh, and I noticed, um, that in doing these interviews and a few others that there's that same sense of urgency to find out what's going on in the psychic community as well. Um, as, and I just was wondering if you could describe that a little bit more. Uh, yeah, for, <clears throat> so for several years, gosh, what's it been now? Maybe seven years. I had been hearing from brand new clients that don't know each other, that still don't know each other, or we'd have discussions in our zero uh, support group meetings that people were feeling, people who've had, you know, abductees or experiencers, uh, we're feeling that something was coming. Many of them had told me, I, I'm supposed to do something, but I don't know what it is. Um, and they tell me, my brand new clients, um, I'm coming to you because I have to find out. I do have to find out if this happened to me and what happened because I'm supposed to do something with it. That wasn't typical until around seven years ago. It seemed like. I, you know, if it was there, it wasn't, it, it wasn't happening where all of a sudden I was paying attention to it. Like, oh, right. wait, I just heard that. Yeah. But this was like one, I mean, I remember one time one new client came in, told me this, and then I worked on with them, left. Another one came in right after the next session, you know, for the next hour. Same thing. I mean, I thought, you know, did they talk to each other? <laughs> yeah. but they didn't know each other, you know? Yeah. Um, so 
I decided to, in my, in my latest book, Chosen, decided to write about this in the yeah. second half of the book because I wanted to see how many people out there reading it, you know, if this was striking a chord. And, yeah. you know, people that I had, had contacted me, uh, I was hearing about that. So, oh, my God, I felt like that, too. And it's even more so now they say things have ratched up. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be happening soon, but they don't know what it is. Wow. Uh, of course, we've had a lot of turmoil. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, but since. that's not the feeling. They, well, they say, you know, uh, when Trump was, was elected into office, you know, there was a lot of turmoil around that, you know, b- before he was elected. Um, they said, no, that, you know, that's, it could be it's part of it, but it wasn't it. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And I asked them, you know, well, do you think it was COVID? And again, yeah, it's part of it, but it's not it. Right. So of course with COVID, it changed our lives. I yeah. mean, we're living so different right now. And, you know, even I go out now and people are, you know, we're all wearing masks. Like, God, this is so strange. I feel like yeah, I'm going to. And that's not it. Yeah. No, yeah. no. So. Good um, Lord. <laughs> I know. So I'm just, you know, kind of uh, waiting and, you know, hearing from the experiencers. Well, you know, we'll see. I mean, I got to the point where, was it last summer? I went out and bought a portable generator. Yeah. I bought emergency food and water. Now, we have earthquakes here. So it's it's like, Okay, we have to be prepared anyway. Right. Um, and at least it made, it made me feel better that I had this. I had bought this, you know, generator. And other other of my members did too because they were getting these messages, be prepared and all this. So, you know, whatever happens, if we have an earthquake this week, at least I'm prepared. Yeah. You know. Um, totally. So it's not like, oh, I wasted all this money for what? You know, we have to do this anyway. It's wise to be prepared. Right. So, um, yeah, I I don't know what it is yet. They don't know what it is yet. Um, But supposedly uh, the anxiety is running high and and something's supposed to be happening soon. I mean, it just seems in general like information is coming forward and is going to it's um, that's the nature of time continuing but do you is there something you hope for that people can do like um or one thing i'm sorry one thing i've always thought about is like is there a specific country that you wish could be the first contact um because i was just thinking that space force like america seems like the scariest country to be the first contact to ets is there do you do you have any opinions about that? Like who should be first contact and such? I've been hearing lately some experiences getting messages that there's supposed to be a huge um, showing of these craft. Like they're <laughs> going to show themselves and, you know, our government's not going to be able to deny it anymore. Okay. Um, I mean, it's it almost like, you know, how the movie – Independence Day, they all over huge yeah. 
but not not where they're going to attack us like that. I mean, if they wanted to, if they wanted to oblivion, I mean, they, they could have done it a long time ago. I don't feel that they're, you know, they're going to be showing themselves because they're going to eliminate us. But that's one of one of the messages that we're we're supposed to have this showing of of them right making contact is in um and it's not saying the message is not saying any particular you know country right um so i i, I feel it should be equal but if they're gonna do this <laughs> show all of us yeah, you know totally. <laughs> um so you know the only thing we can do is Try to be prepared and and wait to see what happens and see what kind of messages people yeah. are getting. I, I haven't been getting any messages. I've been asking, you know. Yeah. Do you have time for two more questions or it's 2.32? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, although I know nobody or maybe somebody knows, but most people don't know, is um, the like what is your opinion about hybrids? I noticed that, that a lot of that's a big topic in the zero meetings and stuff is um, having hybrid babies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What do you think the purpose is? The purpose that, I mean, that of course would be the million dollar question of <laughs> why are these hybrids being created? You know, um, I don't know yet. Uh, all I know is that I can say it's a, it's a huge part of their, of their program, of their um, of their agenda, because they do have a specific agenda that they're carrying out, and everybody. I mean, I've had hundreds of cases, and just about all of them, men and women, have, have talked about um, being taken while while on the craft. They're shown these children. Some of them are shown these uh, babies in tanks of liquid. <laughs> um, others are, you know, the very typical thing that happens is that they they take sperm from the men and they take ova from the women. I mean, this is like a regular routine. Yeah. Um, and so, and now, um, you know, years later, people are saying that they feel that they have come across or met a hybrid here on earth. Yeah. So, um, and I don't doubt that because I think, um, I think they are, you know, one of the purposes is to, is to bring them here and live among us, but for reasons we don't know yet, like right. my colleague David Jacobs feels, you know, that there it's going to be a takeover. Right. That you know they're um, they're making the hybrids and they're very intelligent. They're very psychic, uh, and um, you know, eventually, where they're not going to have any use for us. Well, I hope that doesn't happen. You know, right. but but definitely, I know that um, the hybrid program is real. It, yeah, it is happening. Yeah, and so what would you say? I guess I noticed that some members, like you were saying, are scared and others um, not want to help, but are okay with helping. Um, what would you say someone that's scared 
um, should do or can do to help themselves? Um, you know, you the ones that, that feel that something may have happened to them yeah. or, um, well, first of all is to reach out to somebody, you know, don't be afraid to, um, tell what happened to you or what you feel happened to you, whether it's time was missing or, you know, you're, you're having a block and in a certain time in your life that you don't remember. And this, this experience usually starts in childhood. Right. That was another thing that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but is there anything, any reason, or I guess anything you can, you feel why some people are for lack of a better word, targeted throughout their life um, or used or whatever term you well. Yeah, that's, you know, that's another million dollar question is we don't know exactly why someone is chosen. That's why I named my book Chosen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we know that once they are chosen or that family, you know, the family line, they're just the, it's a intergenerational experience. Um, Not everybody in the family will be abducted, but uh, say they the this couple has four children and maybe two out of the four children have been abducted throughout their lives maybe all of them maybe one of them you know um but then there's either the mother or the father or both and then you look back in the grandparents either on one or both sides um so it just you know it goes it goes it goes i mean i work with a lot of families and wow. this That's experience so you know yeah, I mean, it is. I know that once I meet someone, they come and see me and going to be meeting other members of their family or they'll bring wow. a zero meeting, you know, um, to just to introduce them to other people. Because they say, look, you know, p- these people aren't weird. You know, they're just yeah. regular people. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, and it's a lot. It starts in childhood and it uh, is a lifelong experience. So it doesn't so just weird. stop. Yeah. Um, it could lie dormant for a while and maybe stop for a year or several years, but something else will happen eventually that they realize, Oh God, you know, I think something happened. Right. And even people I have in their seventies, close to 80 years old, they go, you know, what, what do they want with me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but they, you know, I just, I just been telling people the last few years, you know, once you're, once you're in their program, they'll have something for you to do. Some people are taken up. uh, I I had a a client yesterday. She has had several sessions of being taken on the ship and, and made to almost, you know, babysit the little children, little babies. Weird. uh, (laughs) Have this, human connection with them wow. because they're incapable of, of that bonding experience that we have Interesting. You know, with our families, with our children, we're with our pets. I mean, they don't have that capability. So they're, they're, they're counting on us for that. So she'd been taken up several times and just being, you know, like a nursemaid um, wow. and it's that in several cases. Um, others will be, uh, when, I, when I say 
many of the abductees experiences will have graduated and they go from being scared and traumatized and, you know, they go through the process of regressions and the support group. And so the fear isn't, you know, as high as it was before. So they're taken and they're actually helping the alien beings as other people are coming on the ship or they're bringing people on the ship. Oh, wow. Their, their job is to keep these people calm. Wow. Keeping them from another person to a person. And then knowing that, God, I, I went through that. I was that scared. I, you know, so I've had several people describe that. I said, well, you've graduated. Wow. That's amazing. And that's super kind of the ETs to know that that's a necessary, uh, you know, (laughs) they certainly, well, they could, they do, um, render them many times where people are just like zombies. Like, like, Oh my God, I don't think she was awake. I think she was just straight, you know, staring straight ahead. So they could do that or render people paralyzed right? Uh, so that they could be taken uh, because if people were fully awake, I mean, you know, most of the people, most of the abductees couldn't, cold cock these, yeah. <laughs> these aliens and knock them out. Yeah. And I, I that's why they do that. They have to render us paralyzed, you know, and so is, they could. Oh, sorry. Is that a psychic thing or is it by medicine or what do they do to whatever they do? You know, they could yeah. many times they'll, they'll stare at someone. I mean, just close, close. And you just, <laughs> well, you see the eyes and then, ah! <laughs> and I have this on, on tape where they'll look at the eyes and they're slurring their words and they're just, it's almost like they're being anesthetized by the eyes. Ew. So imagine, I can't even imagine, you know, I think, I think it's a good thing that they render somebody paralyzed or unconscious yeah. because That's I think most scary. of the time it would be too frightening. Yeah, this is not something we all learned in school or were aware of, you know, this could happen to you. Yeah, well, (laughs) that's why. So lucky you do what you do. And then a real quick question is uh, that is there a a race that's typical to take people um, or is it all different kinds of uh, ETs? It seems the ones I know there has to be thousands of different ones out there, but the ones that. I come across because of the work that I'm doing about the abductions and experiments and so forth. It's like the the very small, short, gray alien beings that are, you know, the workers. You know, they okay. they come and abduct. They take the person out of their normal environment and take them to craft. Then on the ship, there's they look like the greys, but they're taller. Oh wow! Okay. Um, someone are sometimes are wearing very tight fitting uh, uniforms, like wow. tight fitting uh, what do you call it? jumpsuits? Yeah. Um, sometimes people see emblems. Wow. <laughs> and then there's uh, so I run across those, and then the praying mantis. Ooh. Always, he's wow. very tall. And he's the one, and I always say he, because I think it's a male energy, seems to be in, in charge. Okay. You know, the person's on the table, the other little beans are around, and the, maybe the taller one. And then when he comes in, it's like, 
okay, you know, like the doctors here. Oh my you know, god, so, that's yeah. so scary. So those are the ones I I usually um, hear about in the regressions. Um, there's many. I mean, there's the reptilians. They're there. I've had them, you know, in the regressions. They're, they don't seem to be as common um, as the other ones. And there's, you know, there's the human-looking ones. We used to call them the Nordics, you know, very human-looking, very, you know, perfect-looking. Uh, David Jacobs had a theory that these were the, the perfected hybrids. Okay, uh, that's so they could walk. You know, you wouldn't even you walk right by one, and you wouldn't even, you know, bat an eye because it'd yeah. be like human. Um, so, I mean, of course, we still have so much more to learn, right? From from what's going on in them and and what the other races are doing, you know? Yeah. Um, so just like here, I mean, there's all different. We have all different types of humans here. We, yeah. we look different. You know, and some are some of us are good, some of us are bad. I mean, <laughs> that's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would uh, first of all like to thank you so so much uh, for coming on the podcast and for all the work you do. I think it's the coolest thing ever. I, I there's nothing I love more than um, letting people speak their truth and 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 be able to be feel safe, uh, especially when something traumatic has happened. I think that that's the coolest thing, but I have one final question for you. Yeah, of course. So coronavirus is over. It's just, it disappeared. You're getting dressed. You're putting on your makeup. You're putting on your favorite dress. You're just feeling so good. You're about to go out on the town, your favorite restaurant, you get in your car. What's the song you play on your car driving to your restaurant? What's the song I play? Yeah. What's like your favorite song? Oh, gosh. You know, I love the music from the 50s, the 60s, you know, the oldies. Cool. So I have uh, C- CDs. Yeah, CDs. Yeah. Um, all those oldies but goodies. So sometimes cool. I'll put it in and uh, Smokey Robinson. Perfect. Like I like Motown. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with a lot of the artists these days, you know, which is, I feel bad about. I know about Death Valley Girls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, um, I'll put on, you know, just, Rock or, just like the association or I love cool. Michael Jackson or, you know, awesome. uh, I love music that you can really dance to. So I always went through, through high school, junior high and high school. I used to love, you know, listen to Motown. That's perfect. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, I don't really have a favorite song. I just think I like the era, you know, I like the fifties, yeah. the sixties, some seventies, you know, eighties, I don't remember a lot of the eighties because I was I had two babies I was taking yeah. care of, Too so much. I was really busy. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know some of it, but it's yeah. not like I was really into it like I I was in the past with the music. Yeah, well, cool. Well, let's have a Motown dance party. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to when this is all over. Yeah, yeah. Well, and hopefully, I'm, oh. I'm sending positive thoughts that maybe we can have the zero 
annual Christmas party or holiday party this year. I feel like you know? I feel like it might. I think it might be. I think it might be. Um, I I have a feeling, I don't know or, why, but I have a feeling things are gonna. Um, that it's gonna it's gonna be slow for a little bit longer, and then it's gonna speed up, and there's gonna be something new to worry about. But <laughs> I have a feeling. Of course, yeah. But it's, I think um, supposedly this fall it's gonna get a little bit better, and I hope so because we need to have the holidays this year. We yeah. need to have normal holidays. Yeah. So, sure. um, Thank you so much. I love you, and love I you will too. talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. You stay safe. Yeah. You too.